Hey, it's Bob Fibbs, The Retail Doc. Thanks for joining me on my podcast, Tell Me Something Good About Retail, where I interview some of the best entrepreneurs and retailers and people who deal with retail in a new and exciting podcast format each week. So join me live here, or you can also find out more about me at retaildoc.com. That's R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com. Let's get going. Today, I'm speaking with Kaiser and Bender, two principals of Kaiser and Bender, retail consumer anthropologists. They're going to be talking about how events have to be events, not just a sale. A great idea about pin this to a guy event. I know you want to hear about that. And that 10% of your business is changing every year, whether you like it or not. Have a listen. You there? Thanks for joining me today, Kaiser and Bender. <laughs> welcome, Bob. Welcome. <laughs> so I am thrilled to have you on my uh, show today. Uh, those of you who are not familiar, Kaiser and Bender are cultural anthropologists. What does that mean exactly? I would be consumer anthropologists. Ah. Um, we study shoppers. Well, you know, we speak in the retail industry like you do, which is odd to have friends who are could be considered competition, right? But um, it's cool. So we're consumer anthropologists. We study people in their natural habitats. We spend a lot of time in consumer focus groups, one-on-one interviews, and a lot of time in stores just observing what people do, what they pick up, what they put down, how much time they spend in a certain area, how they interact with displays, how they interact with the people who work in the stores. Watch them. Um, you know, we watch what they do and why they do it. And we also watch what stores do to create a better environment to make that sale. So it's kind of a two-way street. We're looking at it from both ends. We like to say we stalk customers. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured you in black capes and uh, notepads. That's all I was thinking. Um, Harry so, Potter cape. So re- remind me, how did you two start out in retail? Actually, I know you didn't start out together and you are not married. So we have to make sure that, that we always make that a, a point. But um, <laughs> You know, how'd you get into retail, and then how did you two, uh, you know, work, start working together as sleuths, stalking people? I got into retail, retail because when I got out of the my mother said to me, get out of the house and get a job and don't come back until you have one. <laughs> and I walked into an independently owned department store and just fell in love with the place and, and applied and busted the manager until he hired me. And then I went up through the ranks pretty high, and when I left there, I was a buyer. And then I went to work for The Gap and the, it went, to, went to work for uh, Household Merchandising, Ben Franklin Stores, and then I met wow. <laughs> and everything else changed. And what happened with me, Bob, is that uh, I graduated from college and right out of college, I went into the department store business and worked out of New York City. And what, what department store, Rich? Klein Brothers, Klein okay. Brothers Company. Uh, their stores range from the East Coast out through Kansas and Oklahoma. Um, He's and, being modest, Bob. Rich, Rich pretty much ran the chain. He was worked out of worked out of this huge store. He actually closed his competitor down and moved his store to the big location across the street. Uh, He's looking at me like we quit telling the story, but I'm pretty proud of that story, Kaiser. Yeah. But then when it, uh, back in 19 
1865, <laughs> I made a move to household merchandising, which owned what Ben Franklin, Ben Franklin, uh, TG, and a, therm a, a ton of different like stores. Ten so different, uh, I was working there, right? At the time, I was director of visual merchandising, and Rich came in as director of training. You're right. And uh, that's where we met. We worked in we worked in different divisions in different parts of the company, just happened to run into each other. And we were doing a, we, it, Ben Franklin did giant trade shows twice a year. We would get thousands of retailers to come to it. It was, all, it was incredible. Take over entire convention centers. So I was doing a presentation on store planning and design and Rich was doing one on marketing. And there was a panel discussion going on and the meeting planner had two people drop out. So she came and asked Rich and I if we would do it. And we both said, yeah. And so we sat on the panel and I think it was maybe five minutes before Rich said something I thought was funny and made a comment. He made one back and we kind of took it over. The meeting planner asked us to come back the next year and do a presentation together. And I thought that was kind of a cool idea. Nice. Yeah, Kaiser thought I was trying to pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> so that, but anyway, that was yeah, the beginning, please. right? Yeah, Bob the rest was, is history. Uh, I don't think it was six months later, Bob. We were out on our own, <clears throat> excuse me, had formed a company. And we've now been doing it for how many years, George? It's going to be 29 and 29 April. years coming up. That's a and long yet, time. And yet you look so young. <laughs> Better you. life through drugs. There you go. Nice. Well, that's nice. Uh, the... Yeah, I, you know, my got my degree was going to be in music, uh, teaching music. And then uh, I did student teaching. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be doing this. So my part time job became my full time job. And I remember thinking at the time, what will I ever be able to do with all this time I'm spending in retail? And then funny how, you know, the same thing 30 years later, you're like, oh, I guess that was a good, I guess that was a good thing for me to spend time with. So right. you know, that's all good. I know one of the things that you, um, both talk about our like events and uh, planograms and things like that. What do you think are some of the things people do wrong and some things they should do better? And that could be, and I don't want to just limit this to thinking of individual, small, little independent one-off stores, but even the big boys. I mean, what would you say that, that, you know, let's just start with events, the three things that people do wrong and that they could do right or they do right with go. They don't do them enough. They don't do events that are fun. And they throw so much 20%, 70% off, 60% off, 40% off that the customers' heads are spinning. They can't keep track. And sometimes they maybe do too much where they uh, keep the head spinning because people will message. Then on a message a week later and a message a week after that. So all of a sudden, everybody gets confused. We've seen the retailers who are always sending on a mailer every week doing something different. And those aren't events. That's just selling stuff. Well, I mean, we always say that you they call need... it. Everybody gives a title to it. Right? right. Well, that's a good point, Rich. I mean, um, so let's 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 just drill down on that a second. So an event is there's a limited time. You have to come to the store to get it. Is are we all in agreement that that's an event is? Yeah. No. Oh. An event is something that creates an experience that gets me excited to go to the store. So. We went to one a couple of weeks ago where the retailer had partnered with a local animal shelter and she was doing pet adoptions in her, in her store. And at the same time, she was doing make it and take it, you know, decorate a, a dog collar, decorate a leash. She, she, and she had little mini 
mini seminars going on about care and feeding of pets, and that's an event. Yeah, and there's two kinds of events. There's one that directly attracts customers because of price, but every retailer does those other kind of community events to attract people to their stores. There's well. events and there's promotions. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm thinking of events particularly as a, a you know a day or a, or you know we're coming in the holidays now, so people are thinking about doing you know their holiday their holiday event. You know, moms only come and they can shop at the toy store, so they can get all the toys wrapped and they give them champagne and and chocolate to me that's an event that's I mean, an event you know. an, op an open house is so what would be three great things that somebody should do with an event or but feed things. feed the people who come in rich and i have a saying and that saying is food is good <laughs> so, so stupid, should alcohol be should alcohol be part of that <laughs> i don't think alcohol should be part unless you have the proper permissions to do that, but you can do really fun things with mocktails. Okay. You know, but, but it's also been proven that if you feed people, they stay longer. Good. There should be some sort of sale opportunity in there. And it should also be something that's fun at the same time. You know what, Bob, I think too, it's a matter of really planning, making a really strong, uh, you know, most people say, well, just lower the price have a sale. That's really not a good idea, especially at Christmas time when we're being compared with every retailer slamming every one of their messages to everybody in the world. So what I would say is, and the thing that we probably stress more than ever, is not only is it the event itself, but it's the plan. What is it going to look like? We introduced an idea called the Sultan of Sizzle. And what we do is we ask stores to give one person a month and maybe at Christmas time, two people during that month and give them the budgets. It may be 25 or maybe 50 bucks, but it's about some kind of an excitement past just putting a sign up that says regularly 50, now 29.99. And that salt and a sizzle became a real competitive structure within the stores, a good one that had everybody really jumping through hoops to make their, their month look really cool. Nice. But I, I do plan is really key you know what do you do that makes key. it better than other people that are just running an event you know, so what's a fun event help, okay. help. what's a my, fun event my favorite event is pin this to a guy pin this to a guy is an event it's like it's an open house event but for about two weeks prior to the store passes out these sheets they're meant that the woman can fill out or the significant other can fill out that says all the things that she wants for her holiday gifts and from, then she, that store. from that store. And then she takes it home and she gives it to her, her significant other. That person then comes into the store on the night of the event and can shop from that list. And at the event. And they have guy shoppers there. And they have guy, guy helpers. helpers. Yeah. Cause guys like you need help shopping in stores. <laughs> Bob, I have seen rich shop for Christmas presents for his wife. And it, it's, it's, heartbreaking and frustrating because it takes him so long because he's so concerned he wants to get the right gift these events help you out so then there's there's entertainment there's food um gift wrap free gift wrap free cards we have a template for it if anybody wants a, a copy of that template but it's really fun and it's really fun because you, it's fun to watch the women filling out you know what they want for their holiday gift and it's really fun to watch the men come into shop because they're really not sure, you know, what should they should get, should they get it all? And remember that one time we saw that guy 
who leaned over to the, they were sitting waiting because the, the store associates were, were fulfilling the orders that were on the sheets. And the one guy looks at the other one and goes, did you get everything? And the, and the guy says, no, I'm just getting a couple things on the list. And then it goes, oh, underachiever, I'm getting them all. <laughs> so they're egging each other. He did. Other Go get them all. Yeah. But you know it's what? Fun. That's one that drives sales. And it's a great PR gimmick, but it really, really works. It's great for social you know, media. One of the favorite things, George, that I saw when we were on the road was uh, Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Not Santa Claus. Everybody has Santa Claus. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But they had Santa Claus where they teamed up with the local uh, pet adoption. But they had Santa Claus. And the gimmick was bring your pet and have a picture taken with your pet with Santa. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And people were bringing their pets in decorated up, right? You know, they had oh. tinsel and antlers. And- They're bringing, they bring everything from hamsters and guinea pigs to one one woman brought in a, a small donkey. Yeah. This is at a hardware store, a nice <laughs> hardware store. And another another person brought in a 350-pound Vietnamese pot-bellied pig. And, owner- and it took like four people to hoist it onto Santa's lap. Going to break his legs. Yeah. <laughs> And the store owner was playing Santa. He goes, oh, next year we're hiring out for this one. Because <laughs> people really get into it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's fun. There, um, is, there is one other promotion that, uh, that we have shared with people for the last couple of years that we picked up in Michigan from a large store. They had, uh, they had a promotion that said, from the day after Thanksgiving till the day uh, December 17th, I think, or December 15th, whatever, Save all the receipts that you spend because the total of your receipts will be the amount of money you have in credit for an auction. Cash register receipt auction. And it was a cash register receipt auction, technically. And what they had done is they went to all their vendors and said, we're going to have a big event and we want door prizes. And almost every vendor has a budget. of You don't know it unless you ask. Uh, send us things that we can promote your brand yeah. and show your product but they displayed the entire front of the store with all these items. The night of the auction, people came in and it was absolutely crazy. The auctioneer got up there and bid. We saw people forming syndicates. Syndicates. They saw a lease that they really liked and they get January, February, March. You can have an April, May, June. And it was amazing what happened. But at the end of the auction, it started at seven o'clock. It was about 9.30. The store owner came up and said to us, what am I going to do? And I said, what are you going to do about what? The store is packed. He said, and we're supposed to close in 20 minutes. And I looked at him and I said, wait a minute. It's five days before Christmas or whatever it was. Your store is packed with people. And you're asking me if you should close the store on time. But those kind of events differentiate you in the marketplace. How that works then is um, if I spend $500 in the store, in those two weeks prior to the cash register receipt auction, I have $500 in money to spend at the auction. Yeah. auction. So why would you want to, why would you want to shop anyplace else? Yeah. Crazy. It's I love really that. fun. That's yeah. Fun. So what do you think the best, biggest challenge has been the last three years um, for um, your clients and, you know, how you've seen them try to overcome it? There's so much going that they have to do now that they never had to do 10 years ago. Right. Now, we're, you know, now we're worried about sales and online and am I keeping up on social media and am I sending out enough email blasts? Do I have enough FaceTime on the floor? Am I getting in the right products? It's a, it's a tornado. I think it's safe to say, Bob, that 
we always say to all the retailers we work with, 10% of your business is changing every year, whether you like it or not. That's really true. So if we don't reinvent ourselves every year, at least by 10%, uh, yeah. three years we're 30% behind everybody else. Yeah. I think that the, the rapidity of the, uh, the, the retail environment is changing so rapidly that everyone's got to stay so on tune and be so edgy or at least on their toes about what they do because it's now a comparison game everywhere you go. Yeah, and it's really interesting too that even big companies with deep pockets and social media managers and managers for all these different things, it doesn't seem like the departments talk to each other. Um, I was in a, in a store two weeks ago with my daughter and they had a different price online than they had in the store and my daughter figured it out. And you know what? The price should be the price and the retailer should figure that out. The consumer shouldn't have to do that for them. There's just so much to keep up with. Yeah, I think there is. And I think that, um, you know, the challenge becomes for most of us that, uh, you know, I'm about to hire my first assistant, which I'm very excited about, but also scared to death because I haven't hired one because I'm always afraid I'm not going to know the right way to manage them. I put me in a store. I know how to do that. But, right. um, you know, what is what do you think one of the most uh, worthwhile investments you've made in your business? Let's switch out now from you helping people to just your own business. What do you think the most worthwhile investment you guys have ever made? And it could be together or separate. We hired an assistant. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> damn it. An absolute fact. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got to tell you what, it, it's made a huge difference. There are things that we can give to Kate and Kate is, takes care of it. You know, we don't even know it's going to be done right. And it's, it's nice to have someone who's keeping us, on. you know, you know what it's like. You have 57,000 balls in the year, plates spinning, and you're trying to make sure that you're keeping track of all of them by yourself. It's tough. And Kate's got that. I mean, she's got a. She's a millennial. A, she sees the paradise. She's a millennial. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, she doesn't and miss a, a trick. I, she, it's amazing to no. me. I mean, she keeps us more on track than we have got to worry about putting her on track. She, you know, she did. She took a different look at our. Right now, she's doing our most of our Twitter. She took she took a different look to it, and she is posting things that are are primarily business related. Um, and then we still do the color, you know, when we're out taking pictures or, or doing things. But it's gotten us all kinds of notice that we didn't have before because it's a, it's a fresh perspective, Bob. Right, I mean, you know, right. you know that you're doing things right and you're doing things well, but are you doing things as good as you could? So, Bob, I have to laugh because when you That's said, I'm hard. not sure I know how to manage this assistant. I know retail and I can do that. Here's my word. If you get the right one and you hire them, they're going to manage you. They're, they're really yeah, going to exactly. lead you. And, and uh, that's really cool. Good. Well, what's your, been your biggest challenge in the last three years? <laughs> my grandson. <laughs> it has to be about your business. Nice price. No, that is. No, that is because I want to hang out and do things with him. And so that's been my biggest challenge to keep, on the road and doing the things that we're doing and, and not having home time. So I've worked it out. I've, I've figured it out so that it, it's, it's fair and equitable to me on, on all, all ages, but all spaces, but that's been hard. You know what? I think too, that, that, that the mission that we have and it's getting more intense every year is staying absolutely on the ball and being more and right. more relevant right. to what's happening in the market that we share with the retailers. You know, that's true. They're under a lot of pressure. And when we go and speak, 
I think they're looking for more and more. Don't give me what I already know. Make right. sure you give me what I don't have any idea about they also, and make my eyebrows rise. Yeah, and they also don't want motivational anymore. They want content. Right. They want fun and they want content. The other right. thing that the other thing is that we're doing a lot more cons a lot more consulting now than we ever have in the past. Yeah. I think the thing, you know, it's interesting you say that, Rich, because I think that, you know, I follow an awful lot of speakers uh, who, you know, either want to slam somebody upside the head and, you know, their first slide is closed and it's like <laughs> retail's under under uh, pressure right now. And it's like, wow, dude, did you like not read your audience? But frankly, right. I have so many people who will listen to everything I have to say. They'll agree with me. Absolutely. And we'll absolutely do nothing with it. And I knew I you were gonna. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I think that's the challenge that really is that, you know, I can say the same thing for for over many ways and and time, and then someone one day for whatever reason comes to it and says, "Oh, I've never heard you say that before." And you're like, "For God's sake, I've been saying this for 20 years." But right. everybody has a different learning model, right? Somebody. Until you're pushed in a certain way, they don't hear it right or they don't see it right or whatever that that could be. And I think that's always the challenge that, um, you know, I am not the guy that goes out and, and says, oh, you all need to be on Instagram and you need to find a new way to do this and this, and this. Because, frankly, I in my business, it's about being brilliant on the basics. Mine right. is no one is very few can execute. I think you can understand it. I think you can take a new tack to your point earlier about events. Everybody can understand an event, but unless you really understand how to unpack it and how to be, I think to your point, it's not just doing one at the holidays. It's realizing, oh, I should have at least two every month yep. and have to be fun. That's a big, that's a tall order and that's hard to execute. And I, I don't want to lose track of our time because we could probably talk for hours and hours. Um, when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, um, what do you end up doing or what kind of questions do you ask yourself to get out of that? And this is about your birth, your business, not your consulting. We, we and we go do something fun. In the summer, we go fishing or we go to a town that's got lots of restaurants and retail stores and we just, we just turn our business head off and just go out and have fun and try and do something else and it it clears our heads. You know, Baba, I have a real hard time, and I'm always criticized by George Ann about it, but I have a real hard time turning off business. Absolutely, and, uh, Rich. I'm I right mean, with you. It's, you, drive, you know, sometimes it drives me crazy. And but I can flip it, it like a light switch. And one of the things that I continually say to myself is, what are the core five things you're concerned about with your business? Because what happens is, with all the change, we're just like a retailer. With all the change that's flooding our way in our industry, you can't do them all. So I go back right. to that, that core and say, what makes sense for our business? I'm not letting someone else run our business, yeah. which some retailers do that just copy the competition. That's not it. So what's your, where do you want your heart to be placed? You and Bob, I'm going to probably say this for you too. You got to get out of your own head. You have yeah, to well, get out. you got to get out of your own head sometime and stop uh, thinking about. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that, George Ed, but yeah. everything <laughs> is work. It's like as a choir director, you know, I was a conductor. So I, when I, for me, going to any concert is usually work because I'm like, why did they put that there? That didn't work. You've lost the audience or wow, that was amazing. Or same thing if I go to a great hotel, I'm, I'm having the great experience. Don't get me wrong, but I'm also unpacking. 
holy crap, how much training do they do to deliver this at every table? And that's exciting to me. Yep. So yep. I don't God, want to sound you, like I'm a, you, you know. Guys, you guys got to be boring dates. That's all I could say. Well, luckily for you, we're not dating you, Turgen. So yeah, no awful. kidding, because I kill you. I kill you both. <laughs> Look at this lovely restaurant. I wonder how much that waiter makes. Shut up. No, that's enjoy not the, me. Enjoy that's the not food. Me. I'm I'm looking for for example a great example. So I'm staying at the Virginian in Lynchburg, Virginia, about two weeks ago, and I'm having a great breakfast. And they're wonderful people. And notice on the side of the they're having a big like 60 inch led tv which i'm never a fan of but then i'm looking around and i'm realizing oh, okay so they're probably selling this out as a little meeting space and then i noticed the track across the ceiling which has the artwork attached to it which when they're not serving breakfast uh, as i talked to the manager uh they put the artwork back over that covers it <laughs> and just the thought of how that all worked together is pretty incredible to me that you are always thinking about how do we? How does this function for our customers? So, um, we are we are we are towards the end of our our boring uh, time with Georgianne Rich since we are the ones looking at everything. And um, tell me something good about retail. I'll start with you, Rich. What, tell me something good about retail. You know what? I think that I get double and triple vision. And what I mean by that is I I get so many messages coming my way. I'm not sure which one to look at first or second or third. Here is what is happening. Those retailers that do the unique things, it's not opening at four o'clock in the morning on you know, mm. uh, Black Friday or whatever the case, but those retailers that take a look and say, we're going to be really unique about the things we do are going to start to win. Second thing is they just didn't hire numbers. They brought people in early enough, and we preach this, that they've gone through everything so that the staff knows how to greet, how to say goodbye, and everything in between as a thrilling experience to a customer that they don't get anywhere else. And I think that that's really the key. I good. Do. So, Georgian, tell me something good about retail. I'm excited about merchandising. I'm seeing stores do things in new ways, new ways to set displays, pop-ups in the stores, demonstrations. We're at the new Restoration Hardware RH store two weeks ago in in the Seattle area. And I don't know if you've been to one of those yet. I have. They're pretty amazing. Oh, my gosh. So you can't buy a thing in the store, but you walk in and it looks like the most spectacular hotel you've been in on the planet. It was an emotional experience. It was an emotional experience, right. I mean, And then we went across the street to an independently owned garden store that was so incredibly merchandised and detailed and intricate and beautiful product. And everything was curated so that you wouldn't just buy one thing on display. You would buy four or five. And I'm excited about that because I'm seeing retailers, even department stores, doing less of just shoving things on shelves and putting because that's what they're supposed to do and taking time to curate and merchandise. Yeah, that, that, that excites me. Yeah, I would agree. That's great. Well, how can they find out more about your uh, about you two? Kaiserandbender.com. K-I-Z as in zebra, E-R-A-N-D, Bender, B-E-N-D-E-R.com. You can find out anything on our website connect to our social medias, to our Retail Adventures blog. You can find us all there. Very good. Well, I appreciate you all joining me today, and um, uh, we'll look forward to more of your shopping adventures uh, online. And we'll see you on the road sometime. That's, right. That's <laughs> exactly right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
And that brings us to the end of another edition of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm your host, Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Please share the love and tell your friends to subscribe as I engage retailers to share their tips for growing your retail business. Find out more about me at retaildoc.com. That's R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com. While you're there, you can find a transcript of this podcast. You can send an email to me at bob at retaildoc.com to tell me what you thought of this episode. And or you can leave a comment and share your experience right here as it relates to what we were talking about today. Again, I hope you'll tune in for another episode and good selling.